everybody. It's Mike Sorg, media producer with the Otter Drive Challenge competition. And uh, we are here with Level 4, the Otter Drive Challenge podcast, ready for a new season, gearing up here for the year. And uh, one thing this podcast likes to do is we like to have conversations with people to make sure you're in a position to be ready to go, ready to win the competition, ready to make the most out of these competitions in this educational experience with Auto Drive Challenge. We have in the studio Scott Schultz. He's a university program support specialist with SAE International. You may have seen him if you've uh, uh, been on the competition before at the competition. How you doing, Scott? I'm excited to be here. Excited. This is your first Auto Drive podcast, right? This is my first podcast. Well, they're going to get used to that voice right there. Very monotone. Very, yes. I apologize yes. out the gate. The sweet sounds of, of Scott Schultz are on the podcast here. The other sweet sounds we have are our guests right now. Uh, they are the Auto Drive Challenge Concept Design Event co-captains. First of all, we have Jessica Swan. How are you doing today, Jessica? Doing well. Enjoying the snowy Michigan winter day. <laughs> oh, boy. Also with us is Angela Zaitis joining us as well. Hey, everyone. Thanks. Hey, let's get to know you guys first. Uh, how did you get started at General Motors and what's your current role there? I started at GM in, in 2007 with a summer internship at our Flint Engine South plant. And then when I graduated from Michigan Tech, I started full time in, in 2008 as a production software engineer on our transmission control modules. So I've, I've been here counting about 15 years now at GM, and my current role is architectural controls manager on the Cadillac Lyric. Uh, what about you, Angela? Yeah, so I actually participated in Auto Drive Challenge 1 when I was an undergrad at Michigan Tech, and that led me to an internship at GM. Um, and so once I graduated, I started full-time in the GM track program, and I now work as a program manager on GM's electrical architecture. Obviously, you, Angela, you, you got involved with the competition first, but like, tell us, both of you, like, how did you get involved with uh, you know, this side of the Auto Drive Challenge? And tell us a little bit more about your roles. Of course, you are the um, uh, co-captains for the uh, design event, but what all does that entail for you guys? Yes, yeah, so I got involved with the Auto Drive Challenge at GM when I moved into the autonomous vehicle space, and my hiring EGM was actually a mentor for the Auto Drive Challenge, and I asked him how I could get more involved, and he sent me to Kevin Dietrich, who was the GM Auto Drive lead at the role and lead at the time, and he had a, a need for a concept design lead. So I started there in year one by... Um, doing the concept design document and, and the presentation. And then the rest is history. I've been, I've been leading that for the rest of the years here. Excellent. Angela, tell us a little bit about transitioning from a student to being part of the committee. Yeah. So when I started full-time at GM, I decided I wanted to still stay involved in AutoDrive. Um, so that led me to working with Jessica as a part of the concept design event team. This was an event I always participated in in college. So it's really great to be able to help plan and facilitate this in AutoDrive too. Excellent. And tell us, uh, you know, what is that role kind of entail for you two? Yeah. So for the concept design event, um, we're really involved in the rules and, and creating the event um, from the beginning. And then also when it comes to the competition, we help facilitate it, you know, help the judges, bring the judges in, make sure they're scoring the rubrics and give students feedback. So uh, the students this year have to give a TED talk for their concept presentation. How did you guys, you as the I guess organizers think this is the best way to for them to give their presentation. 
Yeah, so Angela and I thought about this, and, and it was our idea to do this TED Talk format. And, and we see engineers as being really good at, at solving issues, doing what engineers usually do, but not always really great at communicating. So being able to solve the issues and design cool things, that's one part of the engineer's job. But then the second part that you need to also do well is communicating that to leadership and here at GM also communicating that to the program team. This is where the TED Talks came into the mix. The, the TED Talks are storytelling. So what we wanted to see more of was understanding not only what your final design is, but how the students got to their end design. And we saw the TED Talk format as the opportunity for the teams to not only share those designs and their journey, but then also aim to entertain and educate the audience. Sounds like a fun, fun little challenge for them to step out of their comfort zone. I hope so. So what do you think makes an effective presentation when it comes to the uh, TED Talk format? Because, I mean, we think about, you know, if anybody has watched TED Talks, like there's, there's a lot of energy to them and excitement around the, around the topic usually. Yeah, exactly. I think the first step for the effective presentation is for the students to really understand the story they're telling the audience. There's a lot of different components that come together from several students and groups, but the end goal should really be the same. And I would say, like, don't be afraid to discuss the highs and lows that really lets, you know, you connect to the audience. Um, And then I think lastly, utilizing strong visuals, making sure the presentation is well practiced will go a really far way um, in communicating and engaging with the judges. Is there anything uh, you'd recommend for the students to avoid when presenting this way? So a few tips on on what you might want to avoid. One of those is don't get too lost in the technical details. Know who your audience is. These are going to be judges from the various sponsors of a competition, and they're going to have varying levels of technical understanding in the different areas of the vehicle and its technology. So Really don't go down the, the rabbit hole of technical details when there might not be many folks in your audience that are going to know those details. And then secondly, avoid reading off your slides and your notes. This comes with lots of practice. So when you practice your presentation, you'll get more comfortable with it and you won't have to rely on on reading your slides and, and your notes to get through it. I like to your first point. It, it feels like um, you know this this is the skill set where you need to kind of translate that technical know how to to somebody that's not in the field, right? Yes, yes. There's going to be various different people, and especially when when you get on the job after college, it's very important to know who you're presenting to and to be able to translate all those technical details into something that they're going to be able to understand, which is where I think this TED Talk is is very valuable because it sets you up on how to communicate effectively when you do get out into what we call the real world. So how can teams ensure every presenter adds a value to this TED Talk to make sure it's the most uh, effective? I think once the teams agree on the story being told to the audience, each presenter needs to really understand how they fit into that overall narrative. You know, and once that's understood, Jessica's already talked about it, but a really big thing is practicing the presentation together a lot. I think that's something that's often missed and it becomes really apparent which teams practice and which didn't. And I think when I'm talking about practicing, I don't just mean to rehearse in your head, but to really get together as a team in front of professors and classmates and run through and get honest feedback and you know do this until you're really comfortable with what you're saying. And I think when you combine all that, you're really ensuring that everyone's bringing value to the overall presentation. And then how has this format evolved with the needs of the Auto Drive Challenge? 
So the format has certainly evolved a lot, and uh, I can certainly speak to that being having been here most the whole time. And for year one, when I was the the rules lead for concept design, I, I knew that the future years of this, we couldn't continue doing the same thing over and over again. So in AutoDrive 1, the first two years really focused on the overall vehicle design because the teams were getting their seat sensor suite ready. They were doing a lot of mechanical and physical implementing on the vehicle. But then it became apparent in years three and four that the mechanical design was mostly solidified and it was a lot of uh, software updates and changes. And that's where I pivoted in years three and four to focus more on particular areas of the vehicle so the teams could refresh their concept design presentations and really explore those different areas in, in detail. And then, of course, COVID kind of threw a wrench into those plans. So while we we were able to present in front of the vehicles the first two years, then we had to pivot with uh, with presenting virtually and finding out how, how that would go doing it that way. So we're, we're pretty excited here with AutoDrive 2 because in year two, as, as most all y'all know, we're bringing back the vehicle. And we intend to have the vehicle there for your presentations as well. We think this will be a, a great opportunity to uh, have everyone attend these concept design presentation events so that the teams can be excited to show off not only what they've done this past year, but to also learn about the other teams' designs and the challenges that those other teams have been through. You guys know the venue where they'll be presenting? Will it be like an auditorium or like outside somewhere? Angela and I's suggestion will be outside under the main tent so that everybody can be there and everybody can watch. So um, I'm not sure if that'll come to fruition, but we we think everyone's con- their um, presentations are going to be pretty awesome, and especially with the TED Talk format. So we think giving everyone the main stage so that more folks can attend from the other universities will be great. Yeah, I think Zach's trying hard to get that to happen. So assuming all the logistics fall into place, we should hopefully be doing the presentations there. It's not. It's, it's not a promise. It's a. It's a, this is an idea. So so nobody is dedicated <laughs> to the idea out there. Um, but uh, no, that's fantastic, and I, I love to see that spectacle of everybody seeing that. You know, I know we've been at other competitions where there there are sales and design presentations get represented in front of like the full, you know, the top ones get done in front of the full. Um, um, uh, audience of students and and that's always been a really good really nice to see you know that and and you know that thing is going to be really cool to see how everybody kind of adapts to this uh this challenge um as well so what are you as a rules committee members looking forward to the most in year two of auto drive challenge two well i think everyone's really excited to have a vehicle so, I mean, that's no different for the concept design presentations. And one thing that we're excited about is getting to hear how the team's integrated work from year one into year two. You know, what's changed? What things surprised them? Like, what worked really well? Like, what didn't work well? What are new ideas that the team came up with? And I think it's just going to be really interesting to hear about. And both Jessica and I are interested to see how the teams do. Excellent. You know, it is going to be nice to get back to uh, moving cars out on the track out there in M City. But I got to say, it was quite the spectacle to see everybody rolling their work carts out there with everything attached to it last year. Certainly, it was a bit of a different way to to go about it, having a cart instead of a vehicle. Shout out to SeaTac. This is going to stretch some of uh, uh, your your brain muscles here this year uh, to see this format. It's nice to see that it's a uh, uh, you know I, I like the idea that's going to be 
um, a, a, ideally a polished, entertaining presentation that we're looking to get out of these this year. Um, do you have any final uh, notes, any final tips for uh, students that will be listening to the podcast right now? I guess I would say to, you know, just don't take it too seriously. SAE is about learning and having fun, and um, I'm sure everyone's going to do great. Yeah, I'll echo what, what Angela said. We're, we're excited to see your creativity shine and hear your stories and, and really get to know how AutoDrive has, has been a part of your life for the past year and developing the design of your vehicle. Thanks for joining us, Jessica and Angela, for uh, doing this first podcast with us. Thanks for having us. Good to be back with it. Uh, stay tuned for more content, of course. Uh, make sure you have downloaded the Auto Drive Challenge app to get all of the updates. And, of course, we're uh, heading towards uh, seeing you at the Winter Workshop right here in Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm appreciating that. Good to see everybody out there and looking forward to the competitions coming up this year. Until next time, stay safe out there. Thank you for listening to Level 4, the SAE Auto Drive Challenge podcast. Make sure you download our app on your smartphone for updates and contact information. The show notes for this episode and all others can be found at autodrive.fireside.fm.